The following is a podcast brought to you by the faith community at The Torch, Clock Tower Plaza, Morgantown, Pennsylvania, and Pastor Brett, and is dedicated to continuing the work of Jesus peaceably, simply together, the love of Jesus filling every heart. Welcome to the Walk in Jesus podcast, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for walking with Jesus in a Christian life without confusion, hassle, or stress. I'm your host, Pastor Brett Swales. So let's get moving. Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. From the New International Version. How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses... And all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Today, I'm going to bring you a brief story of a people who are extremely thankful and joyous, especially this holiday season. They are called Messianic Jews. They are the Jews for Jesus. To get to where they are at in a faith journey Many of these have denied the traditional beliefs of all their friends, their parents, and everything their brothers and sisters hold dear. They have scoured the Old Testament for the Messiah, for each and every sign of a Messiah. In their long history, they, as Jewish people, have encountered several false messiahs, and they can name them alphabetically. Jews for Jesus haven't continued to pay a heavy price to worship Jesus. They know Jesus is Lord. They also know the Old Testament almost by memory. The Messianic Jews acknowledge Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as patriarchs. They believe in the descent of the twelve tribes of Israel. They confess Jesus, or rather Yeshua, as the promised Messiah, in order to experience salvation. They also maintain a Jewish identity. Both the Messianic Jews and Christians acknowledge both what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Jews all live by Torah, that is, the first five books of the Bible. Today's Messianic Jews believe totally in Christ's resurrection from the dead, and they believe the Old Testament scriptures accurately foretold the exact year of the coming of the Messiah into Jerusalem, and that's in the book of Daniel. Their scholarship is extraordinary. I'm reading from the Jews for Jesus, January 1, 2018. The Messianic Jews believe in the creation of the New Covenant and in the complete fulfillment of the old. They are not talking about the broken Sinai covenant, but the new covenant that Jesus proclaimed at the Last Supper. Messianic Jews now accept, number one, that Messiah would be from the tribe of Judah, from Genesis 49.10. Number two, that Messiah would be a descendant of King David, 2 Samuel 7, 12-16. Number three, 
that Messiah was to be born at Bethlehem. Micah, chapter 5, verse 1. 4. Messiah would arrive before the destruction of the second temple. Daniel 9, 24 through 27. All of these things are beliefs of the Messianic Jews. But let us now move on. Yes, recall from the Gospel of Luke in the beginning, at the Annunciation of the Messiah to Mary, Luke 1.26, where he writes in the King James Version, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Now Catholic people combine the words of the Gospel of Luke in two places, from two different sources, from the angel Gabriel and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. They have thus framed out the Hail Mary prayer, which is a whole theology unto itself, and one that we Protestants traditionally do not endorse. In any event, sometime shortly after there was the visit of Gabriel to Mary, as well as the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit in the Scripture, and also after some time had passed, Mary made a subsequent journey to the hill country of Judea, where she entered into the house of Zechariah. Luke 1.41 says that, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And then Elizabeth says in her greeting of Mary in the Judean hills, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. I had not noticed this ever before. Anyhow, Mary immediately responds with what biblical scholars call Mary's song, which is the same song that praise teams still sing in the song called the Magnificat. And note this, it is the following passage itself that will be the longest set of words spoken by a woman in the whole New Testament. Let us look at, beyond any doubt, these that are Holy Spirit-filled words. And from a 15-year-old girl, one who has often been portrayed as quiet, meek, and mild. I'm taking this from Luke 1, 46-65, English Standard Version. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, 
for he has looked on the humblest state of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now note this. All her declarations are under the heavy influence of the Holy Spirit. This is a 15-year-old girl. This occurs once again, referencing all the way from Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Job, Psalms, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and the many other prophetic books along the way to now Luke, and then so far beyond. Reading from Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Jean, a friend of mine from Fairmount Homes, wrote, When Jesus came on first Christmas, as we think of it, we see him as a child in a manger. Later we read of him as a growing boy in the temple about his father's business. As time moved on, we finally see him as a young man, quietly beginning a ministry that will change all of human history. Later we read of him in the wilderness, wrestling with temptation, and we know that he was fully human. And then he faced the cross to pay the price of our sins. Think about this. If he had been God only, his sacrifice would have been cheap and unconvincing. If he had been man only, his sacrifice would have had no power. He would have been like a martyr, like many others. But he was a man, and he was God. And for that reason, he was all in all. He came to us as a child to confront and conquer every challenge and every temptation common to you and to me. Therefore, we love him and we trust him. And so it is that upon the evening date of December 24th, that we stop to remember the Old Testament prophecies about him, that we likewise think of his arrival and celebrate his life and as well his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah! Amen. This podcast was brought to you by the faith community at The Torch, Clock Tower Plaza, Morgantown, Pennsylvania, and me, Pastor Brett, and is dedicated to continuing the work of Jesus peacefully, simply, together. 
The love of Jesus filling every heart. Good day.